With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Empire. Welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Con Report wherever you get your podcast. You're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A M P I R E. Always much appreciated when you tune in. Don't forget, you can read my work on ESPN.com. I'll have a story up on Thursday about Sam Howell, kind of looking at where did this kid come from? I know you guys know it, but other people will know now too. And what where did he get the demeanor, the preparation? What went into him becoming a really, really good college quarterback and why he's in the position he is now? So that'll be up Thursday on ESPN.com to get you ready for the Bears Commanders game Thursday night. Also, a couple programming notes. One, I did a film review of the Eagles game. So if you want to know why Howell was better in, in last week, give that a listen. I kind of I went over every play that he had and look at a lot of the improvement that he did there was also improvement from there was good, better uh, pockets to throw from, even though he got sacked five times. And I thought the play calling and the design was very good. Also went over Emmanuel Forbes's issues. <clears throat> yes, he had some issues. We all know that. What can he learn from that game to help him moving forward? That's a big thing. So anyway, and then also Bram Weinstein, the voice of the commanders and I did the live stream show Tuesday night. That also is up. <clears throat> you can give that a listen. We go over, it wasn't just going over the Eagles game. It was looking ahead to the Bears, just some things, you know, some lingering concerns, talking about the defense and just the expectations that have not yet been met, as we all know. And then looking ahead to the opportunity ahead for the commanders over the next few weeks to really maybe start to make some noise. So that's all there. And then finally, the last programming note is Bram and I will be back Friday morning with a review or talking about the Bears game and so there you go. Listen Friday morning and we'll go from there. So in a minute, I'll get to my keys and then a prediction for the Bears game. One little topic I wanted to address, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on it now because this is really about the keys to the game and a prediction, but it did come up this week about the lack of um, help really from the rookie class so far. And only Emmanuel Forbes, Emmanuel Forbes is really the only guy helping from scrimmage and he's He's their third corner, essentially, when they go into nickel. He'll be the – obviously, he's the outside guy. and um, But he's the only guy that's really helping from scrimmage. Chris Rodriguez has played a handful of snaps, you know, some of the others. But it's really – that's it. And Quan Martin has been really just a special teamer. So, you know, listen, four, four games in does not a draft class make. So I'm not going to sit there and make some sort of grand judgment on the draft class because it's really a, a process over time. Some guys are drafted, not necessarily to help now. I mean, you look at KJ Henry, Andre Jones, those are guys that you need to groom and develop for the future because you have multiple, multi, you have five guys, five, not hamburgers, but five guys, five players are uh, who are defensive ends, who are free agents after the season. You need to find some younger, cheaper help as backups. Those guys need to develop. That's why you draft them where you did. 
but there you could you certainly in your top four picks you need to get more help than they have and that you know for again Forbes is playing a key role and he'll continue to play a key role Quan Martin is a guy that I'm a little surprised by I didn't mind the draft pick I like him as a player at the time you wondered well where else could they have gone and you know, I know in hindsight, well, you know, tight end, well, they didn't need a tight end at that time, despite what anybody thinks, like they like their group. And if Armani Rogers is healthy, this is a, this, you know, you're looking at this group differently. You didn't know Armani was Rogers was going to get hurt during the draft. So a second round tight end is not going to come in and, and play a lot for you. So he would have been the same position as Quan Martin, another corner, same thing, another receiver, same thing. But the the area where, you know, certainly at the time I thought they would do it. And in hindsight, would have been drafting a tackle or a guard or a guy like Cody Mark who could play both. He went right after Washington. Now, do, did they absolutely need a guard? Well, you had Sam Cosby moving inside. They liked him a lot. Then they had Sadiq Charles on the other side. I do know there was a guard in the second round, Steve Avila, that they really liked. He went very early in the second round, wasn't an option. So the point is that they were okay if he had been there with taking him or maybe even if they had been able to trade up for him. And so they clearly were okay with taking a guard. That's where a guy like Mock, and they, he had that position versatility that they love. So if you want a second guess, which I don't, this isn't the point of it, but because the topic came up, I was just I just want to address it. To me, a draft class, you're going to take a few years to measure. I mean, shoot, look at last year's class. You have, I mean, that's a really good, could be a really, really good group. Jahan Dotson, Brian Robinson, Sam Howell, Percy Butler, Cole Turner, um, Christian Holmes, Chris Paul. All those guys are doing something. Now, Chris Paul's not really doing anything because he's a backup. Turner's a backup tight end, but he can help. Christian Holmes is a good special teams player. Percy Butler is a starting safety. Now, you know, you'd like to see him make some impact plays, but first year starting, then obviously the first three are playing key roles. So that's a good draft class. This one, we'll, we'll see where it goes, but I'm not going to sit here and get all panicky about it because – you know, again, when you look at certain like the third and fourth round picks were always the ones where I thought if all goes well for them, those guys don't see the field for two years because you have guys ahead of them that can that can really that can play. And and Nick Gates, if he all goes well, he's healthy and starts for two years based on his contract. You know, with with Daniels that you have Leno in front of them. Now, if Daniels develops so in one year, great, perfect, because that's what they need. But Wiley was signed in his contract, it would make it hard for a couple of years. So anyway. I don't want to get into too much of that because, again, I'm a firm believer that it, it obviously it takes more than four games to make any sort of judgment on a rookie class. And so let's let's hold off on some of that and let's see where it goes. I do still like Quan Martin, but I just think the hard part is I don't know what his role is going to be moving forward if they keep all these guys. But we'll see where it goes. Anyway, let's get on to my keys of the game. Let's start with number one. This is an obvious one. Contain Justin Fields. Come on. That's the big one, right? So you must account for him in the run game. And that's something now I will say he's not running as much as he was last year. So a couple numbers last year, it was almost 10 runs a game. And then the last, I think 11 games, it was about 12 runs per game during that stretch. He was averaging eight yards per run. Now that scramble, that's also design runs. They're not make, they're not, they do, they do give him some design runs still. It's not nearly as much. So this year he's averaging seven runs per game, but only 4.8 yards per carry. So teams are doing a good job of defending him, but they're also not calling as many runs. I'm an Ohio State guy. You know that. I think you need to incorporate more of those runs for him. I think that's when he's at his most dangerous. He's a tough kid. You know, you obviously, and to win in this league, you need to develop from the pocket. 
every quarterback does. But he can be a multi-threat with his legs. And so I don't, if I'm them, I'm going to start running him more at some point because it ain't working. And I know last week it was pretty good. The Broncos defense is horrendous. Give them, give the Bears offense some credit. Give Justin Fields credit at a great game. But I also think that for them to advance, they're going to have to start using his legs more. Will it be this week? You've got to make sure you contain him. Linebacker. So like what, what you'd see even like last week, there were times where they tried to do some outside runs with him, some zone read runs, and you'd have the end crashing, the linebacker automatically coming to the outside to put himself in position to stop fields. And it would usually work. Um, you're you're going to have to do that. You have to win with the front four. Uh, you're, you're, because you're going to use those linebackers sometimes for other things. Uh, if you, the other, the other thing you can do, and um, other teams have done this is you just play your defensive ends very square to the line. So they're, you know, make him hand the ball off and then win with your tackles. They have the tackles who can handle that kind of a strategy. But the bottom line is you have to contain him. And because if you don't, he's going to hurt you. And you look, um, you know, you look at last year, it's the big key in that game and what they didn't do on that last play. And I'll get to that in a minute or not the last play, the last drive rush with discipline. And this has been an issue for this group, as you know, and it's an issue for not just one player. I mean, Chase Young gets picked on a lot with that. Chase Young makes some big time plays, but there are other guys I think that are just kind of losing their discipline a little bit. I look at, you know, there's sometimes the Deron Payne, I've seen that. And Deron Payne's a fantastic player, but you've got to, or that left side is a couple of times, whoever's at fault. Um, but you've got to make sure you maintain that against Justin Fields. Keep him in the pocket. Make him be a pocket passer. That is not what he's ready to do yet in the NFL. So, But if you let him get outside, he's going to hurt you with his legs. When he runs, when he when he starts to scramble, typically he's going to, you know, this is what he'll, he's going to look to run, right? So you need to keep him in the pocket and make it a condensed situation for him. But you have to be disciplined. And, you know, there was that, remember that 39-yard run last year, in in Chicago, that game felt over. I think it was, I remember it was a third down, but they were, do, the Bears were doing nothing. That play gave them the ability to have a chance to win the game. And it was, if not for Benjamin St. Juice, terrific play on the last play, they may have lost that game. On that play, on the 39-yard run, Montez Sweat was the right end. He comes inside, nobody goes outside, leaving an easy path for, for fields. Now, the other thing I had a problem with on that play some of the D linemen, Sweat, and I can't remember who the tackle was, did not get bust their ass to get over there to get in on the play because Fields cuts inside. Those guys have been motoring. They stop him. Now, granted, it's at the end of a game. You're going to be gassed. I get all that. But that's that's what, that's what part of what happened on that play. But it starts with rush discipline. So you need to do that because make him be a passer who has to win the game and, and, and test that. Now, they do have – like DJ Moore is a good receiver – Mooney is a good receiver. They have guys that can that can threaten you if you're not careful. And they have guys who can make a big play. And this team has given up big plays, <clears throat> too many big plays. And in four games, they have given up. Washington has given up 11 pass plays of 25 yards or more. That's the number they gave up in the final eight games combined last year. It's not. It has not been good. And you know, yeah, Emmanuel Forbes has given up a few of those, and probably the bigger percentage of those but it's not just him. So you've got to be careful with that. Now, on throwing the ball, this is another little stat, but Justin Fields on, on throws of air yards of 25 yards or more, 
not very good. I think it's like 22. I think he's two for nine has one. It's it's he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league at throwing the ball down the field, but you, but he has a good arm. You don't want to test him in that role. You don't want to give him those open shots because he can absolutely hit those. You saw that against Denver last week. Another favorite target of his is tight end Cole Komet. Pretty solid, can block, can be an inline blocker, release for a pass. You'll see him pass, protect, pass, protect, pass, protect, and then release. That's something that he'll do too. And it's something where um, Justin Fields will hit him, hit him for a touchdown last week down the seam. Horrendous coverage by the Broncos. So, you know, just play the right coverage and you'll be okay there. But he is a threat. And the Bears can be a threat if you're not careful. But it starts with containing Fields, keep him in the pocket. And again, we all, again, the rush discipline stuff, I understand like there, you have a group that is that they all feel they can go make a play. They all feel that. And they've all shown that they can go make a play. I mean, Chase Young has made some big plays and you know, it's, it feels like guys like that make big plays in this kind of game, some, but they need to make a game changing play because they haven't made them in the last few weeks. They need to get some pressure on him, but keep them condensed be smart with your rushes, and if not, then then it could be a, 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 a more dangerous game than it needs to be for them. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos, but it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia, or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks, and automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations so you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Number two, this is on the run the ball. Run the ball because let's see, the Bears, now I will say the Bears defense against the run, numbers wise, not bad. So let's look at this 10th in yards per carry, three, uh, 10th best in yards per carry, 3.8 yards allowed. 18th best though in yards per game, that's 115 and a half. Um, so they're not horrible against the run. This is not the primary goal here. And I'm going to get to my third key in a minute here, which will explain that. But let's look at the last two games. And this is why I say that. So first of all, they play a lot of two deep safety. This is Matt Eberflus. When he was with the Colts, this is what he did. This is what he always does. You know, that two deep safety, it's daring you to run the ball. That's that's what you do. When it's a too high, run the ball. So that's why I say you're going to have to do that a little bit more than than maybe what they've done in the first half of some of these games. So I think it's there for them. Again, I don't I don't say flip the switch here and just run a lot more than you pass, but it is there for them. Put yourself in some good down and distance situations. Last two games, two games ago against Kansas City, similar offense. We know that, not similar quarterback, similar offense, similar style. 
philosophy, et cetera, 153 yards on the ground for the Chiefs. Then um, and some counters with, with the running back too and all that. Um, Denver averaged 5.1 yards per carry. Now they had to get away from the run because of, you know, the game 28-7, all that. But they, but they did average 5.1 per carry. So D-line is not great. They do have, they did spend in free agency on linebackers, Tremaine Edwards, TJ, Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards brought them in. The problem is against behind this line, it's not, I don't think they're as effective. And, and so I think it's, it's a tough, it's a tough situation. Like they need to improve that D line. They did sign Yannick and Gakwe as a pass rusher. He's not a run stopper folks. So that's, that's a problem for them. So when I look at their linebackers, you see Edmonds, you see Edwards, there are times where they just they're not playing as fast as they need to, whether because double teams are, you know, they're not their line's not going to hold double teams. So guys are getting to them a little bit sooner. But I also think, you know, it's a new defense, et cetera. So they're not as um dynamic or making the big impact that I think they hope they would coming from um Buffalo and then Philadelphia. And so I think you can take advantage of some of that. And I think with part of the way you can do that, you can also spread it and run, create some gaps. And I think it's going to be there, cause the hesitation in those guys. Cause you see, you especially see Edmonds sometimes hesitating. He's the dudes. Are, it's fantastic. He's got, you know, he's got all the, you know, the measurables that you want and the speed and the athleticism, but cause them to hesitate. You create gaps. The other way you can do that is RPOs, you, you know, things like that. So I think that's something that you can, you can really uh, get them on um, to again, get some yards and just create some, positive situations for yourself and down in distances. So there you go. Um, and off, well, I'll get to this in a minute. Number three, attack the secondary. This is the final key because this secondary, like the Eagle secondary was bad and they were missing some guys. They did not play well. They, you know, they attacked them a lot of zone last week, a lot of zone this week. And I think that's a good thing for I mean, when you look at for how the timing on some of these routes last week were not disrupted. So he was able to, the guys were able to get to spots and he was able to deliver the ball on time. A lot of times because of that, I'm expecting some of the same stuff this week against this, against the bears defense. Now the bears defense also missing. Um, let's see. They're missing a couple corners. They're missing a few couple defensive backs. They're banged up secondary. I think last week they had two rookies in there uh, down a couple starters. This is a group that you can take advantage of. And I think that's something that you really have to, to, to focus on. So one of the ways you can do this, you can widen the splits a little bit to create the safe force the safeties to widen their splits a little bit. And now you can attack that deep middle. And if you, if they're going to rotate over now, you can throw, throw behind it. I've seen teams do that. You attack the middle and you come behind it with the, maybe a deep dig. And then you can get some yards there, get some yards after the catch with the two. But that's something I think that is very available to Washington tomorrow night. And I like the way Sam Howell played last week. Who didn't, right? It was really good. But there was the quick decision-making. It was getting from Reed's not there, Reed's not there, boom, there it is. Less than three seconds, really good timing, really good rhythm. I think the same thing can be available. The Bears do not have a good pass rush. I know. I know, but I'm just telling you, they don't have a good pass rush. And so if if this group has trouble with them, that's a big problem. So, you know, whether it's the holding the ball or the tackles, whatever it is, you know, that would be a problem. But the Bears have not done well in that area. But Ngakwe has been a good pass rush in the NFL. 
And, you know, you don't, I think for Washington, you don't want your, your group, your protection to be a slump buster for the bears. So, but you know, that's where you can. And again, with those, with that cover too, what one thing that Eberflus's D's will make you do a lot of times is, is just to be patient. So take that profit, take the profit, take the profit. And they're going to try, they're probably going to, what I think my guess is they're going to make, make them just work the way down the field and then, and then be strong in the red zone. So I think that red zone attack is going to be very important. But the other thing you can do against this group is run some screens. And I've seen that, you know, they, the, um, Linebackers are pretty good, but you can you can definitely I think you can have some success running the screens. I think they feel I think they should feel like they can have that, and I think that's another way to attack the the Bears. Not necessarily the secondary, but certainly attack the Bears' defense. So, listen, pretty basic, man. I think I think that's what I think that's what you have to do um, uh, to do it. Oh, the other the other thing is too the Bears don't blitz a lot. They're, in fact, let's see what were some of the numbers. So. Only two teams have blitzed fewer this year than the Bears. Now, there are two teams Washington has played and both had some success rushing the pass against them, Arizona and Buffalo. So, But different defensive fronts, um, certainly for, for Buffalo. And I think that's, you know, so the Bears do not have uh, that kind of talent. So I don't think that we're going to be looking at the same situation. I think they've only blitzed 23 times this season. And I'm not expecting a lot. I would say, I think they blitzed eight times last week. So I would expect some, you have to, you're going to have to try and test this protection for goodness sake. It'd be dumb if they don't do it a little bit. And, you know, you see some, sometimes some safety blitzes and that's where how's this going to make sure you see it, get the ball out because the big plays can be there. So now this is a really good opportunity for Washington to start to get on a roll. And, you know, if you, again, I'm, tired of the measuring stick stuff, but this measure, st- this stretch will show us a lot of what they are because in each of these games, I think they should be favored whether against the Giants, Atlanta, and then, excuse me, against the Bears, Atlanta, and then the Giants. Not looking ahead. I'm allowed to look ahead. You can look ahead. The players can't, but this is a good possible stretch for them to create some separation perhaps or some momentum for the rest of the season when the schedule gets a little bit harder. Starts with playing well Thursday night. Now, is this team can how's this team going to rebound from a tough game? Well, ask the Bears that. The Bears are going through a lot of disarray, a lot of chaos over there. They are, you know, it's funny because when some of this stuff happened with the Bears a couple weeks ago with their DC quitting or you know, or resigning and all the other issues, I know those of us in the Washington press room are like, can you believe it's not happening here? And and so they're going through a lot. They're the coach is getting questioned, the quarterback's getting questioned. And I think the way Justin Fields played last week kind of quieted some of that. However, they're 0-4, and they blew a 21-point lead at home, and there were some coaching decisions. They went for it on a fourth down from the 18 to try and bleed the clock. Didn't get it, give up a big play, they lose the game. So that kind of stuff can linger with them. And when you have a team like that, take you, you've you got to throw some punches early, man. You can't let them hang around. Throw your punches early test their confidence, test their resolve, because I think this team has it. Like when we're in that locker room on Tuesday, it's a good locker room. And I think it's an upbeat locker room. I think to a guy that the people I've talked to, like they fully believe they were as good as the Eagles and should have won that game. I I keep harping on that because I think it's a big sign of growth. It wasn't a, oh man, we had this, you know, we did this, we did this. And it's, oh yeah, we're so close. It's really, it's like, should have won, should have won, should have won. Now, Defense has got to play better tomorrow tomorrow night or, or Thursday night. Have to play better. This is a chance to get well, right? You don't play well in this game, then let's stop the, talking about how good they're going to be and just talking about what's going on here. So anyway, 
I think they're going to rebound. I think they're going to win. I'm going to go 30 to 17 Washington. Big W, get to three and two and start this three crucial, to me, a crucial three-game stretch because of what's, what you know, because they're, they should be favored in any of these games. And if that's the case, you need to get on some, build some momentum here. Anyway, that's it for me. Don't forget, Bram Weinstein, the voice of Commanders, and I will be back Friday morning recapping the Commanders-Bears game. Talk to you next time. 